Uh, shout out to today's sponsor, which is Dollar Shave Club. And I know I tell people all the time, but I have been using them for years, even be- before the sponsorship. Uh, they offer a wide variety of different products like hair care, skincare, and they recently actually just sent John some skincare. And what did you, what did you think? Yeah, of I got the face wash, and I felt like the results almost immediately cleaned up my skin, and I feel it more moisturized too. And like I said, they offer a wide variety of products. Uh, it's not just razors, you know, that's what they're known for. But they have like the hair care, skincare, and they recently sent me some chapstick. Yeah, what I like is the subscription box. So you build it, and the more things you add to it, you get a bigger discount. And they send it monthly, so you don't have to worry about the hassling and going to the store and buying these things. So if you guys are looking to sign up for Dollar Shave Club, click the link down below. You know I'm going to keep this in. Dude, I totally... <laughs> Blinked it. Um, what's uh, <laughs> what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Mescal Moguls. It's your co-host John and uh, the one and the only, the one with the scar face, the, scar- the one with the scar in his face. <laughs> so, face. like, just so you can get some like context behind it, he like he he always says he's gonna nail like get some sort of intro. I practice at work all the time too, and then I put him on the spot. And he like you. I mean, you saw what happened. It was the you can't put him on the spot. You have panic. to let him just do it one day because I get it. Yeah. Well, we've been trying for the past like what ten episodes maybe, <laughs> and I don't know what it is. But when you're like when he hits record, I kind of just go blank. Yeah. A lot of people get all tensed up, so they get that they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm ready to go." Hit record, freeze, <laughs> and they so get true. all super nervous. So, yeah. uh, but we want then wanted to do this episode because we're trying to get a little bit of like different people. We're trying to get some people. Or in the, you know, army, like National Guard, uh, police officers, firefighters, all. And and it's cool when it's also Hispanics. That way other Hispanics can see that, you know, they're also involved in that world. Yeah. And, and doing something like that. And just getting your perspective from that. See if the, there's any, like, lows, like, what to expect, you know, and things right. like that. And you're also a female that's in the National Guard, right? Yes. And so maybe that there's, like, some uh, challenges that come with that as well, too. But we have Becky from, uh, I mean... You're National Guard, right? Yes. Active still. Yes. And so, well, thank you for coming on the podcast, first of all. Well, thank you for thank you guys for having me. Um, I was a little nervous, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be here. I mean, you'll see, like as soon as we, I mean, we're just going to sit here and talk. Uh, like I mentioned off air, we just sit here and we, we just want to get to know you a little bit and then other people get to know you and just like what made you do what you're doing right now. So uh, first of all, are you from Idaho Falls? Um, so I was raised here, so I've been here my entire life. I am ugh, 26 years old, so I've been here for about 22 years. I was born in Washington, but then my parents moved over here to help open another church, part of the Foursquare Church. Uh, so we moved over here when I was about four, and then, yeah, I've been here ever since. <laughs> oh, dang. So uh, born in Washington. What part of Washington? So Wenatchee Valley. So uh-huh. it's kind of above the Tri-Cities. So I was born in Yakima. Oh, it you were? Really close, yeah. I didn't know that. Small world. <laughs> it really is such a small world because my I have some family who who live in in I don't know if you know where Prosser is at. I've uh, heard of it. It's, I don't it's know where a more north. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like probably like thirty. 45 minutes. My cousin's going to kill me right now. Cause he lives over there. He's like, dude, you've been there plenty of times. Like, how do you, how do you forget? Uh, like, uh, from tri cities. So I've been to tri cities too. Oh, nice. It's, it's a, have yeah. you guys been to Moses Lake? Yep. Mm-hmm. That yeah. place is awesome. It's yeah. so awesome to go swimming and boating and stuff. You'll huh. have to check it out. Washington's really cool. It's kind of a valley and I feel that like every year is burning. 
I, no, I, I like it because in some places you can get some like uh, scenery kind of like here in Idaho. Yes. Uh, and then, I mean, yesterday, we, so we yesterday we went to go take some pictures for John uh, and we went up to like uh, Jackson, like the Teton area. Oh, the but, engagement photos. Yeah, oh. They're so sad. They're so like, they're really cool. I'm excited to share them. And then it's funny because I know you, you're uh, good friends with Deanna too. Yes. Uh, and she saw that I posted a story that I was out there. She's like, I'm so jealous because I've been wanting to go. And it was beautiful because, I mean, I wish the clouds would have been, uh, the, I mean, the fog. The, the fog. We had a lot of fog. There was a lot of fog, lot but, of fog. But we were still able to, you know, make it work. And they came out per, like really nice because yeah. the was cloudier. Was it sunny? Uh, no, it's no. better when it's cloudy. For photography, yeah. it's better if it's cloudy because okay. it, uh, it'll act like one of those. You see that white thing in front of the flash? Mm -hmm. It'll act like a diffuser. Okay. When it's a hard sun, you get really nasty lines. So you can just add all the... Yeah, so like uh, it's you'll see, okay. you'll see. Like he, he saw, like yeah, I sent him one of the photos already. Let, let me show you real quick. Well, we might have to. Well, by this time we could. This picture's already up. Yeah, it should um, be. So up. we'll we'll be able to. Anybody wondering what I'm showing, Becky? Yeah, it's a picture of their engagement. Oh my gosh, I love that! Look at the snow in the mountains. Yeah, it was really it was really cool actually because the spot like we we checked a couple spots out <clears throat> and you wouldn't th really think. Um, at least I didn't think that. That was going to be the spot when we pulled up. Yeah. But it looked really, really nice. Yeah. And yeah. that was in Jackson, you yeah. said? Yeah. Okay. Just north. Yeah. And um, we were going, we were going to go to the, it, they call it the Snake River something. And, but the more we went over there, the thicker the fog got and the yeah. more, less you could see the, the mountains. It, so we're like, let's go back. It's, it's weird yeah. kind of like, cause um, you see that the Tetons are right. Like, let's say like five miles off the road, but the little, like a mile or two going up more of the road the mountains would shift. Like you wouldn't get the same view that we got on this picture. Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty cool too. Uh, but they, they, that one turned out really good. So yeah. we're excited for the other ones. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've never actually went sightseeing in, in Washington. I just go hang out with cousins. It's usually for like a baptism, uh, yeah. like a wedding or something like that. Yeah. So you really don't get to see much of the state. So yeah. do, you, do you go often or no, actually I haven't been back probably since 2011, 2012, oh, I want to say, um, yeah. just because, you know, we get busy with life. I yeah. had my son and then I got married and everything. So I just haven't, haven't made my way, my way over there, but I also have a family that I don't, doesn't make an effort to see me. So yeah. like, it's kind of like, no, you, like you, you put some effort in, like you guys can come see us and then I can come see you. But yeah. I just, I think I'm at that point now where I'm like, okay, I'm cutting off toxic people or yeah. people that don't make the effort to mm -hmm. be in my life, of you course. know? So. <laughs> well, Tri-Cities has changed completely. So if you ever remember Tri-Cities, it's huge now. Oh, it's, I can only, I thought it was huge then. Oh no. Yeah. Like I worked there two summers ago. I was like, we, I moved down there um, and it was insane. <laughs> like everything oh, is I growing. I do remember that. Yeah, I remember Jerry I telling me mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I haven't been over there in a while. It's, it's insanely big and like people are just flocking everywhere because Tri-Cities is just like obviously what it sounds like three cities but now it's just like it's expanding so much you're like dang. <laughs> yeah, you're like uh. <laughs> so yeah. uh are your parents from Washington too, or are they from Mexico? So they, they're from Mexico. They okay. met in Washington, but okay. yes, they're originally from Mexico. What part of Mexico? So my mom is from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Ooh. and then my dad is from Atlisco, Puebla. So yeah. Dang, that's far away. Yeah. <laughs> How did they meet? Like, do you, do you know? So, um, my, when my dad first came over here, he lived in New York for a while. Um, Dang. and you know, he worked over there as a cook. So he worked with all these, uh, Egyptians and just that's people fast. that worked in, um, how do you say it? They, they worked 
cooking at restaurants, like these top Just the food industry. Right, food industry. There we go. I couldn't find the word. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, he would hop from place to place because obviously not everybody always had their be- uh, his best interest, right? So he would be living with one person, then living with another one. And then at some point he was living on the, what are they called? The metro stations? The buses. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember what the exact term is, but he would sleep on those a lot. And then eventually he just decided, you know what, I'm just going to go to Washington because they have orchards down there. I can, you know, probably save up some money and it's a lot cheaper to live over there than it is here. So he moved over there, started working at an apple orchard in Wenatchee. And it so happened that my grandpa had a few orchards over there and my mom was working and that's how they met. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was a truly meant to be story, I guess. That's, but. <laughs> that's exactly how my parents met too. And like picking fruit out there. Yeah. My, my parents met like in Mexico, uh, but their, their town is really small, but my dad ended up, it's weird because we could have ended up in California, but my dad went to California <laughs> and he hated the big city. He hated yeah. all that. And then they, they came over here and he loved it because it was a smaller town, yes. not a lot of traffic. Yeah. Even and now. It's not even that bad. I think I love it here. I don't we, we complain. I love it. I know. I, you complain about all the traffic that you see. And every time this, I'm so sorry for anybody listening to this, but if you're from the outside and you still have a plate that is an out of state license plate, I judge you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think about that a lot too. I'm like, dude, like get out of my way. Like, Can you move? Why are you cutting me off? We're not in California. And, and, and it's funny. Cause like, the, like you complain about the traffic here, right? When you're here, but then as soon as you go into a bigger city, you're like, I don't know, it's not so bad. You like know Salt Lake like, City? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's the worst. <laughs> oh they, don't my know, gosh. they don't even know how to drive. If you're from Salt Lake, hey, sorry, but you guys don't know how to drive in the rain. Like oh, the yeah. rain, the snow, the in, any. Oh, man. And if it's windy, if it's like a little <sighs> bit windy, they, they're wild over there. Yeah. It's insane. So they met, they're in, in, in Washington now. Uh, how long did they. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have two. So um, I have my little brother who is. 22 mm-hmm. and then my sister who was 20. Okay. So yeah. they're young. So you're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they, they had you in Washington. Mm-hmm. Are, are your siblings from Idaho? Then? So my brother was born in Washington. And then as soon as he was born, I think like two months later, we moved here. Mm-hmm. So he was very young. So, I mean, he's been here his entire life as well. And what, what caused the move? Just like, so they were part of the four square church. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a church next to Leo's place. That's I don't oh. know if it's still part of the Foursquare Church or not, but um, they had come over here with the intention of opening another church. They were really big into like the Christian ministry and stuff like that, and so that was their reason to move over here was just to help start opening a new church. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, they did, and then yeah, we just stayed here. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Idaho was the best thing. <laughs> no, it's not really. If you're from California, it's, this is terrible. it's not so great. Still it's it's, it's horrible. It snows. There's a lot of rain. Just wait. I think all the people that move this summer. I, I, I'm waiting. I hope we have a nasty winter. No, no, they said that we're supposed to expect our winter to be a little more heavy than it was last year. Yeah. But it's still going to be moderate. It's not going to be Dang. super heavy. But I'm like, oh, just I want it to snow really good so they can see and then maybe just go. I'm just yeah. <laughs> That's actually what happened to one of my buddies. So it was back when we were in high school they it was they moved over here their parents they lasted one winter went right back because they could not handle that snow because it, it, it's it's tough driving in it too and like driving uh, in it or just you're cooped inside most of the time if you're not used to it you right. have yeah. we're not knowing what you need that first winter 
like when the first snowfall hits, like how to drive gonna, in it. Like, right. Or, you know, cleaning up your driveway, you know, you're going to go to the Home Depot or Lowe's and go get a snowblower and be like, how do I work this thing? And they don't realize <laughs> that that's like some of that snow is actually really slick. Like when it turns oh, the, like super slushy, ice, mm-hmm. like you the black ice. It. Yeah. And like, yep. they're not, they're mm-hmm. probably like, oh, it's clear now. Or Let me like, just drive my Tesla in this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> or someone like I know that has a Camaro that's rear wheel drive and they're just whipping it. <laughs> Freaking sucks in the hey, winter. If you need a new car, I know some people. <laughs> I actually was going to get a new car, but I learned, you know, I've, I've been making some smarter financial decisions and getting another car when this one works perfectly fine. I'm just saying. <laughs> he mobs it in the winter, so that's pretty, pretty impressive. So. so, I mean, that's why I'm like, I'm hoping we don't get bad winners because <laughs> if we get bad winners, then it, it's a rough time for myself. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, so you move over here. You're obviously growing up here. Did you have, uh, like the intentions of joining the National Guard or was that just like out of nowhere? So I remember it was in my sophomore year of high school. Uh, You see all the recruiters that come through, right? You Mm -hmm. start seeing them around the hallways and stuff, but obviously you're not, um, what are they called? You're you're not old enough to start looking into those decisions. Like if you tell them, oh, I'm 15, they're like, oh, okay. Goodbye. (laughs) You know, but you start seeing all those, some of them did some classroom talks and, um, I just, I always knew that I wanted to be a part of something bigger than myself and I wanted to just make a difference mm-hmm. if that's what you want to call it. But, um, it was my senior year where I was like, you know, I really just don't know what I want to be. I don't want to be when I grow up. Even now I don't know what I want to be when I grow yeah. up, you know? And I just thought, okay, well maybe I can have something that I can fall back on in the event that I don't get a degree or that I'm struggling to find a job or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And I made the decision to join when I was 17 years old. Uh, so I was 17. I was a senior. I was the youngest one because I didn't turn 18 until after my senior year. (laughs) Um, same. (laughs) So I joined my senior year and, um, my why was basically because there was nobody else in my family that was military. So Mm -hmm. I would have been the first and the first female as well to do anything in the military. So that was kind of a big, uh, pride moment for myself where I was like, cool. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'll be the first one to do the military. And then maybe from there, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what the military opens for me. Um, but yeah. How, how did your parents yeah, think? I was gonna ask oh that. my gosh. My mom cried. Oh, I bet. Cause like <laughs> and happiness or no, she was just, <laughs> yeah. Anything related to, uh, cause I remember my older brother, he wanted to join and he hadn't even joined yet. Right. Like, or he didn't even join at all, but like he had the kind of like the, he, he was leaning towards it. And my mom was freaking out. She's like, you're going to go over there. Something bad's going to happen to you. You know, yeah. like instantly, like everything bad is going to happen. There's like a lot of negative de- demeanor, especially like Hispanics. Yeah. I feel like there's yes. a lot. Yes, and I learned that as a recruiter. When I was going to have an appointment with a Hispanic female or male, I was, you know, they would they would always say, hey, my parents are going to come. And I'm like, okay, I got to get at the Kleenex. <laughs> I got to make sure that I, you know, explain it in a way that it makes sense because there is a picture out there and where they just follow whatever the news says, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into the news or things that we actually do. So my, when I explained it to my mom, she was like, well, I don't understand why you want to do this. Like, why, why do you want to do that? And I'm like, well, cause I just want to be different. Like, I don't want to go to no offense to my friends. Right. I don't want to be a cosmetologist. I don't want to do hair. I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. I want to do something else that nobody's doing. And um, I looked at all the different branches, you know, I looked at the Marines, I looked at the Air Force, um, I looked at all of them. And I, the one that made the most sense for me was the National Guard, because I could start out part time, 
so I could still be around my family, which for Hispanics, you know, it's all about family. It's yeah. all about being around the people that you're comfortable with. Right. So for me, I was like, cool, I can start out part-time, still be around with my family, but I still have to go do my trainings and stuff, which you do have to leave for, for a few months, you know, to do basic training, your job training, then you come back and then you just do one week in a month and traditionally two to three weeks in the summertime. So for me at 17, I was like, okay, I like that versus signing a four-year contract where they can put me anywhere in the world and I don't get to, I don't have a say in mm-hmm. what I do. Right. Um, that was the way that my husband chose to go was the four-year contract and he got put in all these different countries. Right. But for me, I, it just made more sense to want to stay around my people <laughs> yeah. and stay within my community and give back. So, and so, um, like, did you sign up and then tell your parents or did you like kind of talk to them so that you were going to do I, it? I did talk with them and cause so since I was 17, we still needed to have uh parents permission cause mm-hmm. the, I wasn't 18 yet. Um, so after a while of my dad talking with my mom, you know, my dad said, Hey, like, this is what she wants to do. Like you can say no, but you know, as soon as she turns 18, you're going to do she's it. She's going to do it anyways. He goes, so you might as well just get on board and be supportive. And yeah, she signed the paper and was like, okay, like that's fine. You know, go, go ahead and do it. And I'm like, okay, but you do understand how, what my life is going to be like, right? I'm, it's not like I'm going to go to war instantly. Like there's certain things that mm-hmm. have to happen in order for me to go to war. So um, with the National Guard, our primary mission is uh, national security. So with COVID happening, I don't know if you guys saw the news about, you know, National Guard soldiers deployed to go help out at medical facilities to help mm-hmm. health care workers. We help out with stuff like that. Um, when the border uh, was having that crisis, when a whole bunch of people were coming in or trying to come in, you know, they deploy the National Guard down there. So our main focus is national security. Now, with that being said, there are chances that we will get deployed. So the state of Idaho is like on a four-year cycle of deployment. So every four years, the state of Idaho is looked at and they're like, okay, do we need them to deploy anywhere? And then, you know, they'll say yes or no. Um, Our number came up last year uh, in April. So, but because of COVID, because yeah, that would have been April of 2020. Sorry, I was trying to get my dates right. (laughs) Uh, April of 2020, um, our number had come up and they wanted us to go to Germany, but that was canceled because of COVID. Um, So what they ended up doing is they have a deployment schedule for next year. So our cycle, I guess we'll just start over next year. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was able to skip that deployment, you know, and that, I think that's what I like about the national guard the most is that you have options. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, um, well, this is what you're going to do because we're, we're telling you to like, no, a lot of the times, a lot of these things are volunteer things. So you don't always have to go on these deployments. So, so were you, um, like, so for the National Guard, because I, I, I mean, I know the different, there's like the different uh, uh, divisions or the sectors, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call them. Uh, do you have to do a boot camp too as well? You do. Mm-hmm. And is it just as intense as the, like the Army or the Marines? Yeah. So we actually go to boot camp with uh, active duty, Army and Army Reserve. So um, the way that I like to explain the National Guard is the Department of the Army has three branches. So you got your active duty guys, you got your Army Reserve, and then you got your National Guard. Army Reserve and National Guard are pretty similar, except Army Reserve falls strictly under federal government. Mm-hmm. We fall under federal government and state government. So um, essentially our first line leader is our governor, Brad Little. So if our president was like, hey, you know, I want the Idaho National Guard to, you know, deploy here or whatever, 
our governor could say, no, they're not going to. And he would be the one that we uh, respond to. Okay. So, yeah. so that's weird. You know, like you guys respond directly to, you know, the governor and not the, mm-hmm. imagine that. Nah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I mean, and do you think the governor is ever going to say no to the president? No, Probably not. Yeah, he but don't be on it. if he wanted to, he could, he yeah. could be like, no, this is why the logistics don't make sense or whatever. But I mean, that's never going to happen. So, <laughs> um, each state has their national guard. Yes. So why would they take preference over like a small state over Idaho over a big state like California or Texas or? So with the state of Idaho, we are field artillery. So okay. what's the word? It's like heavy combat field artillery. So we bring all the big guns, all of that stuff out. Uh, California, I'm not sure what their state is, um, but for us, it's field artillery. So we have what we call the 13 Juliet. So they're basically like the nerds of the artillery that just basically tell a computer where to shoot the uh, the big bullets. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the word and I lost it. Um, where, the, where to shoot the big bullets, right? If we were in war and stuff like that. So that's why they would have preference with Idaho over a different state. Oh, okay, so oh, each, each state's kind of like... Has their own thing. thing. Yeah, has this? their own okay. thing, yeah. Cool. So we're a heavy combat state so we're important <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like we're pretty write that down <laughs> <laughs> write it down <laughs> so i mean so i had a question because i mean you're hispanic yes. and you're also a female mm-hmm. you know being hispanic already has its challenges but being hispanic and, and a female signing up for the national guard were you afraid that you were going to run into like any kind of like challenges oh they're going to think this because i'm a, a female you know because i hate it when people are like Oh, she can't do that because she's a girl. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that, yes. I hate that. I hate when people say that. I'm like, why? Like, they they can probably even do it better than my a, favorite a man part can. is showing them out. <laughs> that's my, yeah, but that's my favorite part is just always proving people wrong. Like, damn, she did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. So, um, the Hispanic part, I wasn't too worried about that just because the military in general is a big stirring pot. You get people from all different backgrounds, race, creed, color, religion, and I think it's a great thing mm-hmm. um, that we can all come together and we have the same belief of one thing, which is freedom. And that means whatever it whatever it means to each and every one of us, right? Because there's pe- other people in other countries that don't get a say, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their females don't get to mm-hmm. join the military. They have to follow certain, certain um, what are they called? Certain beliefs that their um that their culture has said well you can't you're a female so you can't do this right Mm -hmm. um but back to the military thing i went to basic training and i met girls from all over like there was puerto ricans there was dominicans there were there was a girl from uganda um there was a guy that i went to basic training with he was 37 years old he was from pakistan he had to have a three-year background check in order wow. to get in just because he was from Pakistan, mm-hmm. right? Um, but uh, would they used to the military used to do this program where if you joined, you would receive your citizenship. I don't I'm not sure if what the regulations are on that right now, but for a long time, um, all these Dominicans and people from Africa all over came because they wanted to get their citizenship. but the um, the rule was that you had to have your green card and then you would receive your citizenship. Um, a lot faster than having to do the five-year wait. I think it's like a five-year wait after you get your green card. Uh, if you guys are listening to me and you guys know exactly what that wait time is, I'm sorry if I messed it up, but I think it's five years after you get your green card, you have to wait. Um, but yeah, 
They're yelling at their phone right now. It's this long. <laughs> like, it's this long. You don't get it. No, but, um, you know, being a female and being in a leadership position, what I always tell my female soldiers um, that I'm in charge of, I'm always like, you know what? You're always going to have to work harder just because you're a female. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and that's okay. You know, some days it's going to suck and it's, you're not going to want to, but you have to because you're wearing this uniform and, you know, there's going to be, there's already males out there rooting for you to fail. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't prove them right. So you're going to have to work twice as hard, maybe three times as hard. I was like, but it'll be worth it. And people will see it and your leadership will see it. And you will get recognized for that. And or, or who knows, maybe you won't get recognized for it, but there will be soldiers that approach you and are like, Hey, you know what? I saw what you did. That's, mm-hmm. that's really awesome. I aspire to be like that. And I've had people tell me that, you know, like I aspire to be like you, or how do you, how do you do this? Or how do you manage this? And I'm like, well, like, I've just done it my entire career, (laughs) you know, like this is all I know. I just, I I don't want to be that person that they look at and they're like, oh, that's another piece of crap soldier, you know? Mm. And yeah, it's easy to get caught up and not do the right thing, you know, but a philosophy that I learned in that they teach you in basic training is always do the right thing. And I mean, it's a concept that we learn as kids, right? Always do the right thing. But even in basic training and all the trainings that we get, they're always like, just whatever you do, always act like, always act like someone is, someone is watching you because at the end of the day, like you just need to have that, um, integrity to always do the right thing, Mm. even when no one's watching. And yeah, that's something that really stuck with me. And I mean, there's a lot of females that don't do the right thing and make it harder for the rest of us that are actually trying to do our job or actually Mm. trying to you know, prove them, prove other males wrong or whoever wrong that, you know, we're not all like that. It, there are those people that make it harder. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, I mean, that being said, did you ever run into an issue? Like almost, uh, they were like, oh, she can't do it cause she's a girl. You know, like, did you ever run into that type of issue? No, I think it's. Cause there's some guys who are like, it's a, like a it's, manly, it's mostly it's a man like world. playing around. So something that I learned when we go do our annual trainings, uh, I work as a logistics specialist. So for me, in order for me to do my job, I need internet. And we have like this huge VSAT satellite that we have to set up. Right. And it's really heavy. Um, and I remember at one point, um, there was, the guys that were like, oh, it's okay. I got it for you. Don't worry. And I'm like, no, I got it. Mm. And they're like, no, but it's too heavy. I'm like, no, it's mine. You know what I mean? Just because it's, it, I don't know. It, it just seems like if you let them do it, they, they're they already thinking that you can't do it, right? And, yeah. if, and if I really needed help with it, then yes, I would have definitely asked. But I'm like, no, like, it's my stuff. I can mm. do it. I don't, I don't need you to help me. <laughs> mm. Like, this is my equipment. This isn't even your thing. Like, go do whatever you were told to do, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, maybe I'm just prideful that way. <laughs> no, but that makes sense. I, I can see like if they would have helped you, you know, then all of a sudden they're like, see, like. Right. They see me like, uh, or maybe they don't even care. Right. But for me, it just seemed like, oh, she's weak, mm-hmm. you know. And again, if I really couldn't have lifted it, I would have asked for help. But I was like, no, like go away. <laughs> yeah. This is my area. I got this. Don't worry about me. <laughs> So during your, uh, like the whole boot camp phase, did you ever, cause you know, some people can't be pushed that much. They'll end up quitting. Oh yeah. And you know, did you ever get to that point where you're like, you know, like, what am I doing here? Oh yeah. I mean, from the first day that I got there, there was already drill sergeants yelling and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? 
do I really want to do this? <laughs> you know, but yeah, there were some uh, people that were like, I just can't, I can't. And the one thing that the drill sergeants would always remind you is it's all mental. Mm. Like if you put your mind to do something, it's just, it's, it's just all a mind game, you know? And that's what I have to, I had to keep reminding myself is, okay, my body may feel one thing, but mentally, if I can just push myself a little more, I can do it, you know? But yeah, there were times where I was like, uh, I'm out. <laughs> So what are some of the intense, cause I, I mean, I've heard like different things, like you get deprived of sleep, like, yeah, they feed, they let you sleep, but right. like some days, like those just like wake you up out of nowhere and like all of a sudden you got to get up and go, you know? So the way that it works is, you know, they'll have these huge activities throughout the day. So if you're not prepared or you're not, you haven't prepared yourself for basic training, like trying to run at least two to three times a week. Or, you know, try to work out at least two to three times a week. I think that's what people struggle with the most because they, they think, oh, you know, I'm just going to go and it's going to be fine. Like, no, if you don't prepare yourself to go to basic training, you're going to struggle. <laughs> like the yeah. first three weeks, they call them, um, hell or what was the hell, hell weeks? weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Week. <laughs> so for me, all the first three weeks were hell weeks just because you're getting used to doing all this stuff. You're walking everywhere. They're not giving you rides to, Oh, we're going to go shoot guns down the road. So let's go ahead and get you guys on the bus. No, you guys are marching all the way down there and marching back. Mm -hmm. So just getting into the, um, cycle of having your body go through all of that. And then so with sleep, we have what's called uh, guard duty. So that, you know, they would, put up a schedule of, okay, you have guard duty from 10 until 12 a.m. And then this next person will have guard duty until 12 to 2 a.m. So what guard duty is, is you're basically just making sure that there's no intruders coming in or anything like that. So, mm. um, I mean, aside from that, I don't feel like it was very, not very, we didn't get sleep deprived. It was just more of, we were probably just super tired of whatever we did that day because we were doing PT or you know, we had a run or somebody in our platoon messed up and we all had to pay for it by running five extra laps. Hey. Um, but honestly, I feel like after those three weeks were, um, after those three weeks passed, everything was so much easier or maybe it wasn't easier. Maybe you just got used to it, but <laughs> you wanted, part got a little bit yeah. easier. So maybe, yeah, you probably, you probably just got used to it. It probably didn't get easier, but <laughs> do, you, do you think, um, this boot camp is not, Maybe it is a little physical, but do you think it's all just like to see where you're mentally at? Yes, 100%. It's all a mind game because the drill sergeant can sit there and tell you, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then he leaves. The other drill sergeant comes comes in and says, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then she walks out and then you're just like. And it's completely different. Oh, correct. It's all mind game. So it's just like, what do we do? <laughs> you know, but it, yeah, it's all just a game. And that's what I would tell all my recruits before they left. Cause you know, they'd be like, Oh, I'm so nervous. And I'm like, no, I get it. Trust me. I understand. But it's all a mind game, you know, just do these things to help prepare you. But just remember that it's basically just a mind game. They're going to sit there and play tricks with you. And just, yeah. <laughs> Were you prepared to go into it? Um, the physical part. Yes. Uh, the mental part, no, because I think I'm already an anxious person as is. And for them to be playing those games or, oh, you're going to do this. Oh, no, you're going to do this. I was like, which one is it? Mm. <laughs> like, what did they want me to do? We're going to get smoked. We're going to do push-ups. I don't want to. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Try to tiptoe around it. Yeah. At what, at what point did you did you decide you were going to become a recruiter? Um. So I actually had made the choice to get out. 
of the guard. And I actually did. I got out for about a month and a half. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad. And my friend was recruiting at the time. And she was like, hey, you know, if you want to, we can get you back in. And you can just work as a recruiter full time. And I was just like, ah, nah, I'm out. I don't, I don't like people that much. <laughs> and she was like, okay. But then, you know, a week later I went down to the processing station in Boise raising my right hand and yeah, I became a recruiter and it was terrifying, <laughs> it, but it's been one of the most, it's a hard job, but it's very rewarding. Like some days you have the longest hours making phone calls and having those hard conversations with parents, you know, and I get it. Like I always remember thinking, okay, if I was a parent, how would I want to be explained these things? Like if I legitimately didn't know, like how would I want to be explained these things? Um, it's a lot of that. And just, um, gosh, I forgot what I was going to say. No, you're fine. <laughs> Did that answer your question? Yeah, okay. I, I also feel like I want to kind of follow it up because <clears throat> there was this, how, how do you handle, I guess, the highs and lows that you kind of touched earlier? Like, how do you handle when someone is committed, but then has second thoughts? You're like, you know what? This is not for me. I would just, I would just tell them, you know, just remember your why, you know, because you're going to have doubts in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. the, the National Guard, or any military branch that you join is like a regular job. You're going to have your days where you absolutely hate it. And you're going to have your days where you absolutely love it. Yeah. So you just got to remember your why and focus on that. Because, I mean, I I forgot my why because I got out and I was yeah. like, ah, oh. and then I was like, you know what? It actually wasn't that bad. I just yeah. wanted to, I wanted to feel free for a second, but now I'm back, mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I always remind my recruits is, you know, just remember your why. And if your why is bigger than any insecurity or problem that you're thinking of, then just do it. And if you don't want to, okay, that's fine. You as know what I mean? As a recruiter, does, <clears throat> do you go through special training? We do. Yes. Uh, so we go through special training of different regulations of what to look for, um, you know, how to talk with parents and, you know, certain things to say, not to say, um, you know, we don't like to bash other military branches, even though some of them do bash, <laughs> you know, but I think that that's, it's not a good look, especially when you're supposed to be the professional that these kids yeah. look up to. And I'll, t I'll tell you an instance of, uh, like a recruiter. I know I remember it was on the Marines and it's on the internet. Um, it used to be this uh, YouTuber that I watched. His name was Danny Duncan. Um, and one of his friends was going to go into the Marines. And I remember that he didn't want to, but like you said, that they kind of, you could get your citizenship. And I remember they touched on that. that that's why the reason he wanted to go in there. And for some reason he just didn't want to, but he wanted to do it because of that. And they kind of did like, they recorded of him walking into his, I guess, interview again, telling the recruiter that he was going to cut, like he was going to not do it. And they cut the scene. And then when he walked out, he was bawling. And I don't, I don't forget that because I feel that there's kind of like a negative. Um, once you sign up, you can't get out type right. of deal. Um, and the kid was bawling because the recruiter basically in his words, he said that um, it was probably his worst decision in his life. Um, not to go in and the kid was just bawling. And I, for some reason that's always stuck to me because I don't think uh, like a situation like that should be like generalized on everything. Cause there is, right. there is, there is good in, like you said, there's different people handle different situations. And I feel that was kind of like one question I really wanted to ask you. And like, that's not true on all the cases I feel. 
Um, right. And yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like we are as recruiters, we're, we're the professionals that these mm-hmm. kids are looking up to. You know yeah. what I mean? We're mentors, if you want to call it that, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, for me, it was always, I try to pride myself in always giving them the right information and mm-hmm. not information that was going to work just for my benefit. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel that a lot of recruiters uh, do look at these kids as numbers, which, yeah, it, yeah. it is about the numbers. But at the same time, like you want to make sure that they're, going in the right direction, right? You want yep. to make sure that it's not something that they're going to regret. And that's that's why I was always like, okay, think of your why. And if your why is still bigger than any concern that you have, then do it. If you absolutely don't want to do it, then don't do it. There's yeah. other options. You know, you can have BASFA, you can go to CEI, you know, they have a whole bunch of different, excuse me, have a whole bunch of different programs mm-hmm. over there that you can do. Um, but yeah, I that's... That's not the first incident. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine there's a lot, just like in everything. Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like a lot of people do have like a negative, um, I guess. Experience. Experience. Yeah. And that one bad thing kind of ruins it all. Because it's not bad yes. to join. I know a lot of people. I went to school with uh, some kids in high school that their parents were in the military and their grandparents were in the military. And they couldn't wait to get out of school to go to the military. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that they've always wanted to do. And you kind of look at it and it's like, wow, like, that's a complete different uh, look on joining the military in general. Right, um, versus somebody that hasn't had that family correct. in. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really important. I think that's why it's a good good thing to this episode might do to someone that's listening yeah. to that. They're like, I, I, maybe I don't know what I want to do with my life. Maybe this might be a good option and see that there's... Uh, I don't know, like different well, options. And I did want to say, if there is somebody that's listening and wants to do something or wants something to do with the military or is mm-hmm. looking into doing something, just make sure that you ask all the hard questions and, you know, visit every branch, see which one lines up with what your plans are. Yeah. You know, that, I think that's the best thing, that the best advice that I can give you. And you don't have to make a decision right away. You can sleep on it, <laughs> sleep on it, think about it and see what's going to work better for you. And what your what plans you have for your life? So w- once you sign, are you like that's it? You can't back out. Correct. Yeah, it's a contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, because uh, I've never actually signed up for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I didn't know if there was like you sign and then like if it doesn't work because you you see these kids uh, quit at boot camp. Right. Can they quit at boot camp? So if they do quit at boot camp. Um, they, uh, there's a lot of paperwork that goes into it, right? And we get, once we get out of the military, we receive what's called a DD-214, um, or for the National Guard, it's NGB-22. Um, so it's this form, and it'll say what type of discharge you have. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have an honorable discharge, it's going to say honorable. If it's dishonorable, well, that's, that's a bad thing, right? Dishonorable discharge. So people that don't fulfill their contract and, per se, quit at basic training on their contract, I guess just depending what the what the case was, or maybe they were medically discharged or whatever it was at boot camp. If they were medically discharged. It'll say medically discharged. Um, but if they just don't want to ship, it would be other than dishonorable mm-hmm. discharge, which doesn't work against them, but it also doesn't work for them because if they decided, oh, you know, maybe I want to go work out at the INL or do something, you know, with the police department or whatever, they have to do a background check and they have to disclose 
why they didn't fulfill their contract. So it kind of looks bad on them. Right. So, yeah. You know so, that. and it is, like I said, it's not a dishonorable discharge, but it doesn't work mm-hmm. for them either. So, yeah. What would be a case that you would get um, dishonorably discharged? Um. So DUIs, uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault, like anything around that area. And legally, like what would be a consequence of something like that? Is that something more, I guess, bad? Like what would be a consequence of? Like a dishonor discharge. So they have what's called the UCMJ. So you would get tried on the civilian side, but also on the military side. Okay. So it's double the slap on the wrist. (laughs) It's not even a slap on the wrist. It's like a. (laughs) So it's more of a legal uh, action that you must have done to be able, like you said, like a DUI. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then after that, I guess you get charged and does that go away? Like a DUI or. No, it stays on the, it stays on your record. Yep. Forever. Basically get screwed on any government job then. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I asked that because I mean, some people think that they're mentally strong to, they're like, yeah, it's, it's not that bad. I'll be able to do it. But then once they get in, they realize how like, they're not, you know, like it's too much room. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm, people get in over their heads and, and, and not just like the, the military, but like something different, you know, yeah. like, I, I remember like when you, uh, you sign for something big, like say you sign for a car, you're like, damn, what did I do the right thing? You know, like you're I like, remember when I signed for my first car, I'm like, <laughs> what did I get myself into? You know, like you like, kind of like things like that, but right. that's, I'm sure that's even more as soon as you like, all of a sudden you get like uh sent to basic training and you're like, Oh shit, like this is for real. Like, well, even after I signed my contract. So just to give you some background on how that process works is we go up to Boise and they have what's called the military entrance processing station. So your parents don't get to go <laughs> with you to that. Mm-hmm. You just go with a recruiter and then whoever else they're taking up there. So when you go up there, they do a whole physical Okay, so they have to check everything just to make sure that there's nothing wrong with you. So they check your vision, um, they check your hearing, your uh, what's it called? What am I missing? Your hearing, your vi- vision, hearing, full-on physical. Uh, they want to just make sure that there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. They um, have you dressed down to your chonies, and they just want to make sh- have you do some movements just to make sure that all of your bones are in place, that there's nothing wrong with you. Um, And then after that, uh, they have you go fill out, um, no, they have you do uh, fingerprints because at that point you've already filled out all the information, all your law violations and everything, right? So they just run your fingerprints just to make sure that you didn't lie on anything. Um, And being 17 and having a full on physical, that was kind of intimidating because I never did sports. Um, And obviously they put females with a female doctor and then males with a male doctor, right? But it was just intimidating. <laughs> and then after that whole long day, they're like, okay, here's a contract that you're going to sign. And I was just like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> this is scary. Yeah. You know, like I just, you know, we've been awake since 4 a.m. And we have been here and now it's 1130 a.m. And I'm like, oh, I just want to go home. I yeah. don't want to be here. Um, but yeah, after you sign the contract and then the four hour drive home, I remember thinking, what did I do? It's <laughs> like, so, did I make the right choice? I am terrified. Okay. I still have a few months before I ship out. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. And I don't think that that fear ever goes away because it's not the fear of basic, but it's just the fear of the unknown because you don't have a relative or a friend to be like, Oh, Hey, you know, this is how it's going to be. Cause I mean, your recruiter, I mean, in my eyes anyway, and I get this completely is going to tell you, you always feel like they're going to tell you, what you want to hear. Yeah. Right. 
And I just remember thinking, I don't even have a friend to tell me like what it's like or whatever, you know, because a lot of the people that I had graduated, that I had graduated with were also going into the military. They were doing different, um, they were going into a different branch and we were all leaving at the same time. So I was like, Oh man, like I don't even, (laughs) we're all going to go at the same time and I'm not going to have somebody to talk to, to be like, Hey, like, what about this? Tell me about this, you know? And I, I don't feel like it ever goes away. The fear of the unknown. Um, but yeah, I definitely remember getting on the airplane from, um, in Boise and we were going to go to Atlanta, Georgia. And then from Atlanta, Georgia, they were going to bus us down to Fort Jackson, South Carolina. That's where I went to basic training. Mm-hmm. And then all the drill sergeants were there. And I just remember seeing the drill sergeant hats and my heart sank. Hey. <laughs> it sank. And I was like, Oh God, <laughs> here we go. But again, it's just the fear of the unknown because you don't, you don't know what to expect. And you're just, our minds are designed to expect the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I felt like, I felt like that helped and it wasn't as bad as I pictured it to be. Like it still sucked sometimes, but it wasn't, it wasn't as horrible as I thought it was going to be. So do you think it's because, uh, some of those like, uh, TV shows, movies, because I feel like, yeah, it's intense. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like as soon as you put a camera crew, it like intensifies even more to make them, make them look like not, I mean, like the soldiers, like they they can withstand all this stuff. You know, they have they're mentally strong for all this stuff. But then it's also to for the ratings. You know, you got to intensify. Right. You got to make it look something like it's probably not like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's why I asked. Like you know, uh, so I know you touched on it earlier about bashing. How come they bash the National Guard a lot? So basically, it's just because um, we're part time. Right, but mm-hmm. all basically mm-hmm. all of the branches, well, Marine Reserve, Army Reserve, I think Air Force has part time as well. Like they all have their reserve, um, their reserve branches. department. Yeah, yeah. their yeah branches. Um, and I just you know for us, it's our biggest seller was you know we're part of the state and the federal government. So if you're looking to do college or if you're looking to do a trade school, that's good for you because we get money from the federal government to go to school, but we also double dip and get money from the state. Mm -hmm. So we get twice as much money for you to do that. And with the other branches, they're, I mean, all all they're trying to do is get them to sign and go, you know, like, Oh, come on. Don't you want to be, why do you want to be part of the national guard when you can just wear this uniform and hurrah, hurrah. I'm I'm quoting the Marines. I I can do that because my husband's a Marine. So, um, (laughs) but it's, I think it's just a competition. You want to make sure that you sell them on why you sh- on why they should join the branch that you're trying to sell. Um, but that was one of my things was just never bashing other branches. Yeah, because I remember I had a buddy. I forgot what branch he was in, and I have another buddy that was in the National Guard. Uh, and I told him, I'm like, oh yeah, I have a buddy who's in like the also in the. I forgot what I said. We usually like us who who aren't in the military. We usually say army, right? Right. Yeah, we say all oh, these in the army, which is a different branch, right? Like the army is a different branch, right? Well, we're we fall under the same department, so my uniform says U.S. Army. Okay. So yeah. Uh, and he was like, oh, he's like, that's not the that's not the military. He's like those dudes are pussies, and I'm like, why? And he's just like. It's just put, I'm like, you know, like, like, do they do less or like, what, 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 what? Well, on a different team? So, so, yeah. So, um, I think the part that they hate on is that a lot of the time, you know, a lot of us are 
M day. So what that means is we just drill one week in a month and two to three weeks in the summertime, but there are opportunities to be full-time guard. Um, so like my husband, for example, I remember he was kind of on the same boat cause he was like, well, I was in the Marines. I did two deployments to Iraq and one to Afghanistan. And I said, Oh, that's cool. So well, how come on every movie they're always like, call the national guard. I don't see them saying call the Marines. <laughs> and he's just like, that's fair. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Which is true. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, like they're the ones protecting you. Like when they, like you said, like when something happens on the border. Yeah. With COVID, um, you know, our main mission is national security. Which so, is kind of funny. Cause I, you think that you're in a different branch and you have family at home. You'd want someone to protect your family. Well, that's why that our motto is defend what matters most. Mm-hmm. What matters most to us, our families yeah. defend what matters most. That's our motto. Um, but yeah. And anyway, I just thought it was funny after I said that to my husband, he was like, you know what? That's, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know you brought up COVID right now. How was that? Like, during, like, cause you were, you were still, I mean, you're still active now and you said part-time, right? Yes. But how was that? Like during the, the whole, you said you guys got your number pulled to go to Germany during the COVID, right? Yes. Like just because this is like a whole, un- I mean, none of us were, were expecting COVID, you right. know, like that came out of nowhere, uh, shut down, the entire world basically at yeah. one point, like how was that like working at the national guard? Like what was going on with you guys? Like, were you, well, they didn't stop war. What did you, what did they have you guys doing? Like, so they had us just, um, at medical facilities to help with the healthcare workers. Uh, they had us post at food banks just cause you know, there was a shortage of food and toilet paper and all that. So they would have us, um, bring out canned food, you know, and just help sort it. So, or help keep the peace in mm. other words. Uh, cause you know, there was people that just wanted to take, 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 um, well, there's people freaking out like over, right. uh, they thought that was it. Like, this is it. Like, like this, this is, is like the world of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and did you guys get scared or see anything? Well, like, yeah, stuff I mean, like it, that? it was scary just because we were like, okay, so what does this mean? Like, mm. what, what, where do we go from here? You know, but for us, I mean, we kept working. They didn't keep us at home. They were like, Nope. You're a recruiter. You still got to go. You still got to work the internet and get leads and all that. Um, same for the people that work at the armories. Like they still had to go to work and everything. I think we only stayed home for the month of April. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they were like, okay, hey, well, you guys still got to go because if we had to deploy, <laughs> you know, and something happened, it's not like we're going to let a virus keep us yeah. home, you know, and it just, that's how it is. And I was like, that's fair. Um, so yeah, it didn't really, I think it only affected us for about a month, but then after that we were just kind of like, all right, well, we haven't died yet. And when you go to basic training, uh, they do give you a whole bunch of shots. What kind of shots are they? Or are they? I have no idea. I just remember lifting up my sleeves and they, on both sides just, and I was like, okay, whatever. Like I haven't died from that. So, you know, I'm about to grow third arm. Was was it with you that I was talking about how people like are so like anal about getting the, the the vaccine, Mm -hmm. but They'll give us, we have to have vaccines to go to school and we don't even know, God, what exactly. they're, they're injecting us. So with the state of Idaho, everybody has to be vaccinated by November 18th. I think it was November 18th, November 17th. Like everybody or everybody? Everybody in the guard. Okay. Everybody, no, everybody in the Idaho National Guard has to be vaccinated by, um, I think it was the 17th or 18th. I can't remember what day exactly, but there's a lot of people that don't want to do it. And I mean, you can get out of it by, um, saying, you know, your religious, uh, views don't let you do it, but you have to go through court in order to get that stuff done. But, oh, sorry, go ahead. Did you see Seattle? Um, that thing that all the like, um, 
first responders type yes. of thing. They were like just dropping boots. I think it's kind of like dumb. I don't know why, but it's like people just don't like being told what to do. Well, no. And I'm like, you know, they make us get the flu shot every year. I was yeah. like, so why is this any different? A two series shot is not going to kill you. And then even my husband, like my husband is, uh, I won't say we're very constitutionalists, right? Like we just, we like looking at things from both sides, right? And figuring out, okay, what's morally right, what's morally wrong, whatever. And I thought he was going to have a hard time wanting to get the vaccine. And when I told him that I was getting mine, he was like, okay, you know, can you sign me up to get mine too? And I was like, oh, do you want to get yours? What do you want? And he was like, and he was like, I've had like 40 plus anthrax boosters when I went to on my deployment. So uh, what's that going to do? And I was like, oh, okay, let's go. (laughs) You know, and we just went to go get our shot. And I honestly thought he was going to fight it, but he was just like, no, let's, let's go do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, cool. Or ask people, like, I know a few people that don't want to get it. Like, why don't you want to get it? Like, oh, because uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, uh, if we would have died, well, died or we would have died, like, you would see numbers just dropping in people. Or oh, right. Would, and they just don't. I feel people are just not, maybe not even educated. Because we, yeah. we do a lot of things that we don't know what we're doing, but we just do it. Right. And I, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I have a hard time just. I haven't gotten vaccinated because I haven't even gotten COVID. You know, so me, I'm like, I'm doing just, my, I mean, my, my temple is doing just fine, you know? <laughs> so like, why get the, why get the vaccine? Like, yeah. you know, uh, but I understand why people should get it and like why they want to get it. And I also understand like the people that don't want to get it. But at the same time, like you guys said, you, if, if they're like, oh, we're going to put this uh, medicine in your body, they can put whatever they want in it. Right. Like, you know what I mean? When like, I was on the same boat too, I remember thinking, I'm not getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Like I am not that person that's anti-vax or anything. I was like, but I'm not getting vaccinated. And then when they were like, oh yeah, well you're going to have to be vaccinated and it'll be easier for you to go in and out of the country. Cause I wanted to go to Mexico and I was like, oh, and then I got it. And then guess what? It doesn't matter anymore whether you're vaccinated or not. And I was like, awesome. Like that was my whole why I was yeah. like, oh, well it'll be easier for us to travel. To travel so that's so, fine. Yeah. And then now they're like, oh, we don't care. And I'm like, it, it, it's weird how like some places got super strict about it. Like, uh, so we also do the the media over at Tops, and we recently had a show down in Long Beach, and they were requiring people to get vaccinated, and also you had to wear a mask. But as soon as you got there, everything like they weren't checking people's vaccine cards, they weren't checking people her, or, their tests or show and, a test, yeah, and they weren't. It's funny because the the security guard he's like, "Do you have a mask?" And you you show it to him, and they're like, "Okay." And not even wearing it. Like, and you just like walk in and then everybody in there, like people, I can see like why we should, but then but at it, the same time. It's funny. Cause when, before the vaccine, they're like, wear a mask. And then people are like, no, we're not wearing a mask. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now they're like, okay, you get a vaccine. You technically shouldn't get the, you, you shouldn't need a mask, but now everybody's wearing a mask. He's like, oh, I'm vaccinated. It doesn't matter. You need a mask. And yeah. Ah, well, like Gowanfield. So our base yeah. in Boise, um, the silliest thing was uh, that in order to get on base, you had to have a face mask in your car. And it, like, I remember being like, Oh, I have it right here. And they're like, Nope, you need to have it on. And I was like, put, I put it, it, over it on. Your face. And I was like, okay, you can go. And I was like, I'm 
just gonna take it back off, man. Like just <laughs> yeah, because see, that's the weirdest thing. Because well, so we went we went to go take his engagement photos yesterday. We went to this restaurant. They require a mask. We literally walked like Probably three from feet. here to here. That's not that's a, that's an exaggeration. And I took it off. I, yeah. like, I, I felt I felt the COVID just bouncing off of me until we got here. Like, it's, and everybody's walking outside the shops. You know how Jackson everything's packed yes. and the little halls. Everybody's without a mask. <laughs> And then you walk in the store and you need a mask. I was just walking with that person <laughs> no, next to me. No, I remember we went to Jackson Hole probably a few months back when there was still a little bit of snow. And we weren't wearing masks because we were just walking outside, um, you know, just seeing what was there and stuff. And I remember there's a whole bunch of people that were just like, like oh. I could feel their eyes just digging into my soul. And I'm like, bro, like I'm outside. Chill. <laughs> you yeah. need to relax. I feel that, like even like when I smoke outside, I feel weird. Because I feel like people like will be like, oh, there's all the COVID. It's like, well, now you can see where it's going, so you can dodge it. But so, because it, it, it's weird too. Like especially that we went to this alcohol store yesterday, uh, really cool, and they let you taste everything. They have like the weirdest stuff there. Have, have you been there? Yeah, have you been there? No, nope, but oh, now I want to go. Oh, good. <laughs> Nick, cut this out because we don't need people. To <laughs> no, but they give you like little samples. But here's the thing: like you have to walk in with a mask. But as soon as you have to take a sample, oh yeah, you have to take <laughs> off your mask to show, like when you show your ID. And then, like, when you're tasting the stuff, obviously, you're not going <laughs> to, like... It's so weird, because I had my mask the hanging the whole time. COVID isn't going to get you with the shot that you did. Yeah. <laughs> but some of their stuff that they have... That, what, what was It was called Spice and Something. People confuse it for a kitchen, like... Yeah. Like, uh, uh, spices a, and stuff spices, like that. Sorry. But they they also have spices and stuff like that for yeah, kitchen. But it's, like, a very small section. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, alcohol, like, mixed with a bunch of different stuff. We tried, we tried yeah. some tequila mixed with uh, some chocolate. It tasted just like a... They're, they're like, you can use this, pour it on top of your cheesecake. And I'm like... It's like, yeah, it's like a melted Hershey's type of diluted with And you can kind of taste that tequila in there, how it tastes huh. so good. And then they have like vodka-infused um, uh, like mixers, kind yeah. of. Because we, we got one, um, it was chocolate with s'mores, but it has like 20% vodka. Yeah. And so you like coffee, I feel like... Anything uh, with s'mores, I'm in. Yeah, it was oh, so and, good. And they, and they were good. And then... I got one that was ice Southwest iced tea. Oh, I got that with one another twenty percent of. They all have like twenty percent of vodka, but you don't taste the vodka. It's so good. So like, you guys on the drive by, you guys were just like, Woo. <laughs> I, <laughs> <wish>. <laughs> yeah. I, I started. I was like, people can just come up here and take samples, and then just like get pretty lit because yeah, uh, it's strong. Twenty percent is strong, and then they give you wine testing. I like. I don't yeah. like wine, but you know Jerry, she's all into that. So <laughs> she's testing wine. I'm like, we're not gonna buy any, but. <laughs> You guys did end up getting we, we ended up getting one from my mom, but yeah, but, it's pretty cool. Anyways, I want to get back to the, the, <laughs> Sorry. the we're, we're getting a wild ass tangent. Uh, no, I, I wanted to ask you, like, because I know there's somebody listening who may be questioning about getting into some sort of branch, you know, or like just questioning in general. Like, is that something for me? What are like like some of the biggest things you've gotten from being in the National Guard? So the biggest things that I've gotten is health insurance. Oh my gosh, health insurance. Oh man, like health insurance is such a scam if you are not in the service, such a scam. Um, every month, so I'm part-time right now, right? So I pay $236 every month for a family of four and that's an 80-20 plan. Mm -hmm. That means that you know my insurance will cover 80% of all costs and I only ever have to pay 20% which I think our copay right now is a hundred dollars if we had to go to like the emergency room or anything like that. So that's a big blessing because some people, I mean, are paying 
up to $600, $700 and they're on a 60-40 plan or even like a, yeah, most of them are 60-40 or 70-30 and their co-pays are so high, mm-hmm. you know, and I, health insurance, especially with having a family has been such a huge blessing for me. And if you're young, you don't think about health insurance at all. Um until you have a family. But on top of that, you know, I have a security clearance. So what I can do with my security clearance is I can go work out at the INL if I wanted to, you know, I could go work for the police department, you know, it just opens the door for any job like that, that I want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, um, I get state tuition and I get uh, federal tuition. So uh, from what I saw last time, federal tuition is $4,000. So I have $4,000 available to me a year and then $4,000 through the state. So for that's college? Like, yeah, for college or a trade school, which mm-hmm. I get it. If you don't want to get a college diploma, I didn't want to get a college diploma, look into a trade school. You know, um, branch military branches will help you pay for trade schools, but that's why I want to make sure that they ask all the questions, all the hard questions. And if there's something that you don't understand that your recruiter is telling you, tell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like they can't read your mind. You, you, know, you if you're not understanding something that they said, just be like, hey, can you emphasize on what you said? I guess I, I'm having a hard time understanding what you're saying. And they will sit there and explain it to you. And if they don't explain it to you, then there's some shady shit going on because they need to explain it to you. Yeah, because I, I, ta- I know you have a question, but it's because uh, I had another buddy who talked about school. So when you get offered this money for the school, is it while you're active like, if you're not active anymore, you don't get this money. No, you do get it. Okay, because yeah. he was saying that they don't get it. I think he was in the Marines. My my cousin was in the Army. He's like, I don't know how, like, they'll offer you, oh, you can go to college. You should get your, G. he would get his GI Bill benefits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cause- it, it would be the post-9-11 because you need to have a three years, a three-year active duty tour or do over three years and you would mm-hmm. get your GI Bill. So... I mean, and you don't have to use it while you're in. Because if, if you're active duty Marines, I mean, they're putting you in like Japan. Yeah, yeah. All these other places. So you can't really do school until yeah, after. Because that's, yeah. that's what I was telling him. I'm like, how are you going to do school? Like, are you going to be in the middle of like a like a gunfight? <laughs> right. And then be like, well, hey, hold, like, I have to turn hold, hold on, I got a, yeah, a quiz. Okay, hold on, I got a quiz. Hey, sorry. <laughs> Stop one shooting. Second. <laughs> have you guys seen that TikTok video of this guy <laughs> that made, that he, he was in his uniform and he was like, if Gen Z was in the battlefield and there's like gunshots in the background, he's like, I'm in the ghetto i have to find it and send it to you guys but it's so funny it's like oh the bad guy's pretty cute hey i'm gonna switch sides you know but i'll have to show you guys that tiktok later but it just made me giggle um but yeah i mean he should have had access to his gi bill or i mean i guess i don't i don't know what the situation was but like Mm. my husband for example um he has his post 911 gi bill and if he wanted to, he could pass it on to me. He could pass it on to one of our kids. Oh, that's, um, that's but cool. yeah, I send mean. it this way. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always a, like a, even if you can't go to school, cause that's a, that's a big thing for people. They're like, I don't have the money right. to, to, to go to school cause it's expensive. And they, right. but if I do the, you know, join uh, the, the military, I'm offered that. But if I'm offered that and can't even go or like use those benefits, right. You know, what's the point? So for the, what I always told the students that wanted to go to college, but didn't have money for it, I'd be like, okay, so how much, I guess, uh, how badly do you want to go to school? They'd be like, well, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm the first person in my family to go to college or do a trade school, you know? So this is very important to me. And I'd be like, okay. It's like, well, you know, with the National Guard, you know, when you sign up, 
yes, you still have to go to 10-week basic training. And then whatever job training you choose will determine how many more weeks on top of the 10 weeks, right? Um, I was gone for a total of five months because my basic training was 10 weeks and then my job training was 10 weeks. So Mm -hmm. 20 weeks total is what I was gone. I was like, but, you know, after you get back from that training, you can do whatever you want. You come back and you're literally only drilling one week in a month and two to three weeks in the summertime. And you get that schedule uh, about a year in advance just so that way you can coordinate with your manager or your professor. I was like, so if you wanted to, you could – start school Mm. that fall or spring when you get back from your basic training and you immediately start using that money. So that money is available to you after you graduate your basic training and your job training. Um, So for me, the National Guard made the most sense because it was the best of both worlds. I could be serving part-time, but I could also do what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to college, but I didn't. (laughs) But if you're that student that's like, hey, you know, I'm I'm struggling. I really want to do college or I want to do a trade school. I mean, just – Look into your options, you know, and just see which one makes the most sense to your lifestyle. If you want to take a four-year break and just say, I want to get out of here and just see what else the world has to offer me, go active duty. I mean, you're not going to regret it. If you ever ask any veteran, okay, if they regret joining, they're going to tell you no. Even the most bitter one, they're going to say no. I don't regret joining. (laughs) But what would you say about the – I don't know if you guys get it a lot, like the National Guard, but – yeah, they don't regret going, but they sometimes regret the the symptoms they get later on. Like, I know some people who have, like, PTSD, you know, I don't know if that happens a lot in the National Guard, just because you guys do a, a more, like, stuff on the border, and you said, like, help healthcare facilities. Do you, do you see a lot of PTSD we in, do. in um, the National Guard? So, we, the state of Idaho deployed to Iraq in 2010 from 2011. So there are some people from that that did have PTSD. Um, but there are a lot of resources like uh, the VA uh, that can help out and give you programs of who to contact. Um, I lost my train of thought. No, no you're fine. You're, uh... <laughs> um, but I mean, we there are a lot of programs for people that are struggling with stuff like that. So I, I had a question. Mm-hmm. Just because when you when you sign up for, uh, I mean, you were telling us about the process that went through the National Guard, and I'm pretty sure like the Marines or the Army, the Air Force is a little similar. Like you have to go to the base and like get your physical and stuff like this. It's a whole process like getting you in, but then like when you're done, it's just like you're done. Yeah. How, how come there's no or like I I know you don't have the answer, but I always wonder how come there's not a process of like when they finish make sure your your mind is fine like okay like you know like physically you're good mentally you're good so they do have you do a physical every year Mm -hmm. where they check you and they ask you questions like hey have you had suicidal thoughts or have you had thoughts of hurting yourself or have you seemed uninterested in activities that you would usually be interested in so they do that every single year and even before you get out i think at your one year mark um before you get out, they'll start contacting you. Uh, the retention NCOs will start contacting you because they're like, hey, like we want you to stay in. You know, like what can we do? Do you need a bonus? Like are you trying to reclass to a different job? Like what what do you want to do? Mm. What can we do to make you stay in? You know, and that's usually when people start telling them, no, well, you know, I, I didn't have the best experience or – you know, I haven't gotten promoted. So that's, what's the point of me staying in if I'm not going to get promoted? You Mm -hmm. know, that's usually when those things start coming out and 
if the retention NCOs can fix that problem or find a solution for them, you know, then they're like, Hey, you know, what if we can work this out? Can you stay in then? And then they're like, yeah, sure. And it's like, all right, you know, let's look at your, um, we call it PHA, which is called the periodic health assessment. So that's where you write down any surgeries that you've gotten within the last year. Um, if you've gone to therapy, if you've, you know, gone, gotten a UTI or gotten in trouble with the law. Like it's a a thing that you fill out that nobody else sees, but the doctors. So Mm -hmm. they do have us do that every year. So when we do the flu shot is when they have us do all that stuff. So they, they do check up on us. Right. And uh, the one thing that sucks is that a lot of the time people who are really struggling with PTSD or are having problems, a lot of the time they're not willing to come forward They kind of just brush it off. Right. They brush it off until it's too late. And that's, it's a sad thing, especially because, you know, we, we want to make sure that we make every soldier feel like they are worthy and that, you know, we can give them all the attention and support them and everything. But it, for some people, some males in particular, like they won't talk about it. They, they got to be willing to open up at that point. Yes. So th- there is. Because a- there's so many resources. I'm sorry. No, you're th- fine. Th- there are absolutely so many resources that they can use and people that they can reach out to. But unfortunately, um, it's just like a machismo thing, I think. And- so so basically they can just like say they reach out, say like I wasn't active and like I'm having issues, but somebody calls me. If, if I'm just like, oh, I'm fine, you know, everything's good, and they're pretty much, okay. No, they'll ask you questions. Like, okay. They'll be like, okay, um, can you tell us about um, the last time that you felt um, like you were alone or la, la, la. And then a lot of the times it's either, well, no, because they'll ask you questions. Like, they'll ask you the hard questions, and mm-hmm. it, it just. They just lie. Right. Why, why do we see, like, these vets on the corners asking for money? Why do you think – for me, I think this is a really funny that you bring this up because my husband and I talk about this all the time. I think it's sad, but I think that maybe they just didn't take advantage of all the opportunities that were given to them. Because, I mean, I right. tell my husband all the time, I'm like, there's no way that you could be on the corner asking for handouts when you had all the opportunities. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there's so many programs that are just for veterans only mm-hmm. where you can have a job. They'll help you find a job. Now, whether you maintain that job or whatever, that that's on you. You know what I mean? We all have the decision or yeah, we all, we can all make that decision to, you know, be better and take advantage of the opportunities given to us. But some of us don't take advantage of it. And I think that's the sad part because we yeah. literally have opportunities on top of opportunities yeah. to not be that. I actually, I, I think the same. Um, I had a cousin that was in the, we kind of touched on both subjects that we're talking about right now. He came back to up like a little fucked up, um, and then took him a while to realize that he's not in war. Uh, but after that, um, he taught he he's talked to me about it, and there's a lot of benefits. Like he went to a trade school, yeah. Even though he's not in the trade, but he got the opportunity. Like you said, after he was out, um, he talked about a lot of financial things that helped him, like his house, his yes. interest. Like they have VA you know, loans, yep. all that stuff. Yep. And um, he he thinks like. He said it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Yeah. And a lot of people don't see that. Like, maybe you didn't know what you were doing, or maybe you were in the wrong steps before that. Well, and then you are who you hang out with. Yeah. You know, um, in the military, you're not exempt to find good good apples and bad apples. I mean, in the military, oh. there's a lot of bad apples. Good thing, yeah. good thing you talked about that. And maybe we can you can elaborate a little, too. Um, we 
did a podcast at work um, with this guy named Ed Manifesto. Um, he maybe you look at look him up, um, but he talked about like briefly on how gangs and he's a really he used to what was it twelve years in the gang um, department for the police in Tijuana. Yeah, he was basically fighting the cartel. And yeah, I want to meet him. <laughs> he's he, he's intense. He, yeah, he's intense. So now he basically goes around training, um, like uh, private security, government officials, stuff like CIA. 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 That is so cool. He's he's in, he's intense, <laughs> but, but he's up. Yeah, he he's like his brain doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, but he touched touched that a lot of these gangs are putting their people in through the training through the military, and then using that advantage for back to the the sole purpose of sending them is just so they can get the training right and using it for bad what do you think is like how do you how do you like they're supposed to go to like protect everybody i guess like but it's being used i mean i'm pretty sure there's like occasions that's doing exactly what he said um hurting us instead of helping us what do you think like what are your thoughts on that so there was a story that I watched about that I saw about a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. There were two soldiers that were stationed in San Diego and they were actually working with uh, Coyotes and the cartel down there to pass people over like trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what, what you're saying. It reminded me of um, because they were paying these two soldiers in, like they were getting Mexican money. They were paying these soldiers to traffic people back and forth and nobody mm-hmm. would question them because, you know, they have the military ID cards and stuff like that, you know? And I think it's sad. It's, it's kind of like stolen valor and it's very. <sighs> like we're in the United States. You shouldn't be able to buy off like in Mexico. You can buy anybody. Right. Here, you know? Yeah. You shouldn't be able to do that. And I, and that's what I'm saying. Bad apples and good apples. And yeah. It's all about who you hang out with. And for me, it's, I wear the uniform and I'm not wearing it right now, but for me, it's just, I'm always acting like if I have it on because Mm. I, I am a professional. I I take that uniform seriously. When I raised my right hand and did that oath, like for me, I took it to heart because my why was being the first female in my family to ever join the military, you know? And unfortunately for some people, it isn't like that. Um, I do run into other Hispanics that are kind of like, oh, pues es que a mí me deben todo eso. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. dude, that's not how this works. We're in the military. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know you shit. We're all scum. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. all equal. Yeah. There's no one higher than the other. Like, we're all equal. So that mentality is not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, luckily, I feel like we don't see it a lot here. Yes. But – I feel like as you get more south into like Arizona, California, Texas, there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on, and I I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah, I, I think it's really sad. It um, is very it, sad. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you see what money does to people. It's an, oh, yeah. Like, like we'll give you this much, you know, and you're but like, if not, then this was going to happen. Yeah, We're going to make sure that we make your life. Happen. Yeah, that's what one thing that uh, Ed was talking about, saying that they offer you money, but if you don't take the money. They threaten you. Like, so there's pretty much you don't have choice. you take the money or you, like you die and your family dies, you know, and like there's no option. Well, and it always makes me wonder if those I mean, obviously, if, you know, these soldiers are being easily bribed by that. Mm. Obviously, they have roots in that, you know, yeah. they've either been doing it for a long time or they have a family member that's been doing it for a long time. And now because of that, they have to 
they have they to have to comply it. or mm-hmm. hey we're gonna kill your family member you yeah. know what i mean and that that sucks luckily i feel like i mean at least up here i haven't seen that yeah <laughs> it's always just stories that we hear about and they're that are posted online and i'm like oh man so i had a question like say you have like uh you know, some Hispanic or somebody, some immigrants, right? They come from a different country. They're here. They have a kid who goes through the school, you know, school system and stuff. And um, you basically learned, like, I talk about a lot, like, with investing in financial stuff. Like, we're not financially, like, if if your parents aren't rich, how are they going to teach you to be rich? You know what I mean? Like, right. Almost like that. So, say you have a family like that, that they're doing better than what they were doing in their the, the country they come from, do you think it would be beneficial for them to join like some sort of branch of the military? That way they can take advantage of all this or like say if they join, cause this would be a question for me. Like what if they join and all of a sudden, like what if they find out that your parents are illegal? Like so is, the military, is that being scared, I guess. Yeah. yeah so um, we don't look at that. None of the military, no military branches look at that. So, um, I'll use me as an example. So my parents at the time weren't legal when I joined. Mm-hmm. So all they had to do on my paperwork was just put that they were from Mexico. Like they didn't need like their birth certificates or anything Proof like that. Proof of citizenship. Right. And- right. So because they don't care about that. They're two completely different entities. Um, they're not going to – no military branches out there to be like, oh, they're not legal. Let's go ahead and throw ice on them or anything. And I've gotten – I remember um, I had like two or three – recruits that they were like, Hey, you know, like my parents want to come talk to you, but our situation isn't the best. And mm-hmm. I was like, like legal status. And they'd be like, yes. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I was like, that doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. we don't, we're not, you're the one that's trying to get in. You know what I mean? Like the, their status doesn't matter here. You know, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter as far as the paperwork for you to get in. And they'd be like, Oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, but I get it. You know, if, if, they don't want to come talk. I mean, I'm always more than happy to sit, come to you guys and come sit down and talk to you guys. And I'd wear my regular clothes, you know, because it less intimidating. I, right. And I don't want to be intimidating. Mm-hmm. And I talk to them in Spanish. I'll ask them like before I, uh, before I meet the parents, I'll ask the kid, okay, where are your parents from? And then usually I'll just start with a joke of wherever they're from. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, mi papa's de Puebla, eh, yeah. mi mama's de Guadalajara or whatever, but just to lighten up the mood and show them that we're, we're not robots, yeah. you know, like, and I will tell them my story. Like, no, you know, like I went through the same thing and it was a very scary process, especially for my parents, because I mean, <laughs> again, it's the fear of the unknown. Like, yeah. what if this brings more problems to us? What if ICE shows up at the door after you enlist or whatever, you know, and it's just explaining it in a way that makes sense and letting them know that we are two completely separate entities. And not to be scared, I guess. Yeah. So, so like, say you in, like, in your situation, is there any, like, some sort of program that helps the parents, like, push their, like, Um, the process quicker? I want to, I want to, like, ask something before she answers that, kind of relate to that. I've, do you think there's a lot of empty promises made on that? Like, you enlist and we'll get, we'll be able to make legal status for your parents and then they enlist and blah, 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 and never happens. No. So it's never been for their parents. Mm -hmm. It's mainly only ever been for like the recruit themselves, which Mm -hmm. they recently changed it like about a year ago, maybe two years ago Mm -hmm. where they weren't doing the whole, 
um, like, what am I trying to say? Where they were like, oh, you know, join and you can get your citizenship faster. There's a lot of things that have changed with that. So I'm not quite sure what the exact regs on that is. But Mm -hmm. so if you are wanting to get papers for your parents, you still have to wait and you're in the military. You still have to wait until you're 21. You can't petition for them until you're 21. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, it's still... I think it still takes the same amount of time. I mean, we've been, this has been going on for like five years, you know, and we're still, we're almost there, you know, but it it doesn't make it happen any faster than the other guy, but they have your military ID and they know that you're in the military, but I don't necessarily think that it does anything. But if somebody on here was in the military and petitioned for their parents and their stuff went a lot faster please <laughs> talk to me because our yeah it, ours I, doesn't. I feel like it should i mean not not to be unfair to other people but like if you're in the service you know well then you risking follow, your life you fall under like you fall under that kind of like well you like you said you risked your life but you did you know mm-hmm. like i understand i could see it both ways um why you you could be favorited from your average Joe, but then how is it fair for your average Joe, you know? Because if not, then right, it, it it could go both ways. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's it's a really hard subject. I feel. Yeah, and because. things change all the time. Like it's, I mean, the regulations that were five years back are so different now. You know, immigration laws, mm. uh, military laws. Um, I remember. When I joined, they were like, oh, you know, you can petition for them once you're 18. And I was like, oh, heck yeah, I can petition for them when I'm 18. No. It it changed like a month after or before I got back, something like that. But it just, I mean, things are consistently changing, you know what I mean? And it just, just roll with the punches, I guess. You can't do anything. (laughs) Yeah, so. I mean, but long story short, you love doing this, you know, because you've been doing it. uh, And I'm pretty sure, like it's instilled like skills in you. Like uh, obviously discipline is a, a hard one for some people like, uh, you, cause discipline can be like just going to the gym six days a week. You know, some right. people can't do that, you know, but and I, I, I think it's good for younger people to instill those type of like, and to just have the sense of responsibility, Yeah, and, like you know, younger on when you're still learning, you're still trying to figure care out care of yourself, yeah. learning basic things to take care of yourself. Like every single day at basic training, we had to do our bed. Mm-hmm. Like every single day. And even though for some of us, it's even before I went to basic training for me, that's like, well, duh, that's common sense. But for some people, it's not common sense. Like mm-hmm. it was having your things organized. And I feel like I got a whole bunch of OCD because of the military. But at home, I'm always like, hey, my shirts need a face this way just because I'm so used to the structure yeah. that I learned from it. And I love it so much, you know, and I'm trying to pass it on to my kids. And um, I always make fun of my husband because uh, he, oh man, no offense to you guys. You guys are slobs. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but, <laughs> no, but like sometimes he's just like, Oh, I'm just going to leave this here. And I'm like, can you just put it back where you grabbed it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you were in the military. Come on, let's go. And he's like, okay, but I'm not in it anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> no. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Cause I, I mean, I've never been in the, you know, serve, but I'm also like that with, uh, 
Well, not with my bet. I understand the bet. I was like, man, it's, I'm just going to get, get, get back, back in. in. <laughs> like, like, I'm just going to get back in. But my ex at the time, she was like, we still have that. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, like, but then it didn't help when she had like 50,000 pillows on top of it. Like, yeah. I don't have 50,000 pillows. Oh, I only okay. have four. So. <laughs> it's like a 40. So what you're saying is my husband should be thankful. Not <laughs> yeah, hey, be thankful she only has four pillows because there's some girls who have like the entire bed is like a bunch yeah. of pillows. And they have to go a certain way. They can't. You can't put like this one in front of Large this one because medium. it doesn't look that's good. That's me with the towels. If he folds the towels, I'm like, that's not how you fold them. And he's like, the <laughs> towel. And I'm like, move over. Just let me show you. And he's like, oh my gosh. But no, I, I feel that the structure that you get from the military really helps. Just in your life in general. Right. You know in what general. I mean? Like, uh, you learn to prioritize things, you know? And How do you turn that off at home? Like if there is a turning off, like. I don't think I really ever turn it off. I mean, I just. Or at least how, how, how is being like you said, your husband's, a, uh, was also, um, he's a veteran. How, how do you both, I, I don't know if it would be more Tommy, but since you're like active still, like, how do you turn it off? Like with, at least with your, your son, like, is there sometimes that you're like, I don't even know how to explain it. I feel like I, I want to say like, if I had both my parents in the military and they're going to be strict as hell, like that's my perspective. Like I, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. No, that- I think with Ezra, you know, if something spills or something, you just got to remember, okay, he's five. He's not a full grown man or a yeah. full grown woman. You know what I mean? Like he's a kid, he's going to make mistakes. And, um, I feel that at first I did struggle with that, especially when he started walking and stuff. And then now I'm like, Ugh. Okay, whatever. Marching instead yeah, no, and then now I'm just like, okay, but like it's fine. And he's like, Mom, I spilled this, and I'm like, okay. I was like, can you just grab some paper towels and go clean it up? And he's like, yes. You want me to clean it? I said, yeah, you're gonna clean your mess. I'm not cleaning it for you. And he's like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it's just uh, always. Rem- I think every parent, hopefully every parent, does this. You know, but in the back of the, your mind, sometimes you're just like, you know what? They're never gonna be this young again. So just. Yeah. Inhala, exhala, you know? <laughs> um, what if your kid wants to join or enlist? What would you... He already says that he does, and he, he says he wants to be like his dad, and he wants to join the Marines. Um, does that scare you? It does scare me. It terrifies me. Um, you know, my husband went on three deployments, and he has all these random tattoos all over his body because he says that he literally thought he was going to die. And he said, if he died, he wanted to be easily recognized so they could let his family know sooner. And I mean, that, that sends scars <laughs> down my arm, you know, because that's what my son wants to do. And I, I mean, obviously we still have 13 years before he can actually decide. Right. But I mean, it, it's scary. It, it makes me proud, but at the same time, it makes me terrified, you yeah. know, because my mother-in-law would always talk to me and be like, Oh man, you know, I, we would only talk with them probably once or twice every, or Sorry, once every one or two weeks. And, you know, it just, we didn't know what to expect because yeah. he was over there um, in 2007, 2008, and 2010. And so things were still pretty hot over there. And, yeah, some stories that he tells me, I'm like, eh, you know what? I just, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I would rather just not know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a terrifying thought if my son ever joined. I, but I think I will be very proud and, Hopefully we will have raised him correctly to where he listens to everything that is told to him. And he is always where he's supposed to be and not in the wrong spot at the wrong time. You know, uh, with the tragic events that happened recently with the bombing in Afghanistan, was it Afghanistan, Iraq, 
can't remember one of the two um that killed those marines like that oh, oh i remember yeah. Yeah. Like, i think it was like F- that made my heart drop so bad because i'm like the they were literally just kids you know they were 19 20 21 years old with a whole life ahead one, of them one of them that was from jackson yes is that the one? Mm-hmm. how how does how does your husband or since he was deployed out there how do, do you think he feels like his time out there was useless I mean, he, maybe that's maybe that's a stretch, but like, no, 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 yeah. no, that's fine. Um, you know, I did talk with him about it. Um, because he had to shut off his notifications, uh, for about a month because he was just he didn't want to look at it, you know. And he, he did mention like I just feel like you know all the lives, like all the friends that I lost, like all for what, mm. you know. And then he kind of went into that hole maybe for like a day or two. And then was like, okay, like I'm just, it is what it is. I can't change it. So I'm just going to let it go. And I'm like, okay, you know, but I love you. And I'm here to, if you need to talk about it, I may not understand, but I love you, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And then after that he was fine. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, I, I can't imagine how that felt, you know, especially when you lose friends out there and then for the Taliban just to take over things like that so very like, easily, why, you know, it just, there's just a lot of things that don't add up, mm-hmm. you know, and they probably never will add up. Right. Yeah. You know, and I just, I don't know. It makes me sad. <laughs> and the, I, I've been like holding that question. Cause I don't know anybody like besides like, as I said, my cousin, but like hear that. Why? You know, there's a lot of things that happen and we can't, we have nothing to say, but something like that, like you said, lost friends and right yeah like, that would be tough because i know i do know so long yeah, like, a few people out there that you know obviously they were deployed out there and then just like it just ends especially like, like my age or like younger than me like basically we've always known that there's a war going on since it's been long it's been a long right. war so you know it's been going on you've well there's so, ki- i mean those kids were born the year that that, that war started and then they're over there and then they die. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like they were born the year that that war started. And yeah. I think that's the saddest part is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It That was pretty heartbreaking though. And just all the families that were back here, which, you know, it, anytime that you put on the uniform, you have to realize that at some point you could go to war. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just inevitable. If you wear the uniform, that's just something that you should come in. And that's always in the back of your mind. You know what I mean? And, if you're not prepared to do that, then just, just don't join and go do something else. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> you know, you can still get deployed. Like if like mm-hmm. things happen, like right. they're going to send you. Well, that was terrifying. Cause I was like, man, I have a seven and a five-year-old and mm. yeah. okay. And then I remember talking with my husband. I was like, Hey, you know, um, so what if this happens? Like, what if I do get deployed? He's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll make it work. You know, we'll come up with this plan. We'll actually have come up with a plan and he's like, and we'll, we'll make it work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I was still, scared but at the same time it just felt nice that my husband was like we got it like yeah. don't worry about it you know uh, we will hold it down here and you just have to go take care of what you need to take care of and i just remember feeling that sense of relief because i'm like i'm so happy that you get it yeah <laughs> you know because I, I do feel like it would be different if he wasn't in the military right can you imagine your wife's like okay i gotta go and you're like what yeah, well- I gotta go watch the kids. Where are you going? <laughs> I'm leaving for 12 months, so I gotta go. Yeah, you know, I just or your kids, like right, mom's like leaving for you. well, and that's I, yeah. And any time that we that I have to go anywhere for a training, when it's like a month or maybe even two weeks, 
Like I have to remember to take my mom hat off and put on my work hat. And then once I put on my work hat, not to sound selfish or anything, but I don't think about my family. Yeah. I don't think about them until I can open up my phone. And I'm like, Oh, I better FaceTime them. And then I start thinking about them because if all I do is think about them throughout the day and oh, I miss them so much, then I'm not going to accomplish what I need. Yeah. To. You're going to be distracted. Right. You know, and you can't be distracted, which is really hard. Yeah. And so I've, I've learned to do that. Just put on my work hat and okay, let's get this done. And then once we're done, we'll have family time and call and whatnot, you know, but yeah. it's just priorities, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah. And no, look, I, we've been going for a while now, uh, but I'm sure we can continue the the, the talk, but um, you're probably getting tired. No, but, you're <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I want to thank you for coming. That way people can get like, um, like get some uh, questions answered. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, cause people always have like some questions that they don't know where to go, who to ask, uh, or are just too scared to ask, you know? Yeah. So basically like, you know, like whatever branch you're looking to enlist, you know, ask the hard questions, ask the questions that you may not feel comfortable asking, you know, like yeah. even if it has to deal with that, you say your parents are, uh, immigrants and you're, you're afraid that something bad's going to happen to them. Cause that was like one question for me. Uh, I never asked the recruiter at the time, but I'm like, you know, like my mom's not necessarily, like you don't want to tell them that yeah, because you don't know. Cause then they're going to be, Oh, your mom's, you know, illegal, you know? Yeah. And then, then you're like freaking out, you know? So like things like that go through your head, but then like you get to see like the benefits of it, you know, the benefits, oh, yeah. how they were able to help you like with your life and stuff like that. Like being able to, like, if you want to go to school, health insurance, you know, take care of your family. Uh, like if anything were hopefully nothing bad happens soon, but you have that coverage there because some people can't afford health health coverage. So as soon as something bad happens, they're they're in like in a huge amount of debt just because they oh, had yeah. to take care of something, you know. And and then that puts you down a whole different hole, you know. And like, cause what happens all of a sudden you're like you're doing pretty well, and all of a sudden you're like a hundred thousand dollars in debt because you have to pay the the hospital, you know. So, but and like then I want the funeral costs, the funeral oh. costs, and 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 just like. Uh, I'm glad you were just able to answer some of the questions that we had, you know, uh, that way people can get an idea of like what's going through the, the national guard. You know, you said you didn't run, really run into anything about being Hispanic or, uh, uh, you know, being a female in the national guard. Cause I know there's some people, it's always those one stories that make the news, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's like you said, there's some bad apples here, you know, it doesn't happen all over. It's not like a, you know, in every state, it just happened to happen here. But then, you know how the media is, media oh, yeah. is, they blow it up. And then all of a sudden, like, it's, it's all bad. You know, oh, it's yeah. all bad. There's yeah. bad apples everywhere. But I want to thank you for coming. Really do appreciate it. We had a great time to get to know you. And hopefully, um, I don't know if you want people to reach out to you. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. If there are, if there are people that want to reach out, that's fine. I'm more than happy to. I mean, yeah, because I don't know if it depends, like, because we have listeners all over. I don't know if it's, like, state by state or just get a hold of your uh, local. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to help them answer general questions and, you know, make sure that they do ask all the hard questions yeah. and not be afraid to ask for clarification on, you know, certain things. Like, if they didn't understand what the recruiter said, like, no, like, ask him to clarify what they said because that doesn't make sense or whatever i'm more than happy to be an advocate for where, that so. where can they get a hold of you um so you can email me at becca shivers so b-e-c-k-a-s-h-i-v-e-r-s at gmail.com or you can just add me on instagram my life as becky <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty cool name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> either wanna, way i want to thank you for coming on you know it's been 
I've enjoyed this conversation. You know, I love yeah. doing this stuff and getting to know people like you and your perspective just because, like, we've never served, you know. And also, thank you for your service. Oh, nice. Thank you guys for your support. I'm so happy that I was that I got to be here. I was pretty nervous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> See, it just, it, it, it's pretty easy, you know, we just sit down and bring talk. Bring you back with uh, Tommy when we get a chance. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Oh, he's, he's pretty funny. He has a southern accent, so you guys might need to... No, Turn this up a little bit more. <laughs> and, and it would be cool to get to his perspective, like what he went through after, you know, you know, finishing his, his, you know, if he's willing what, to talk what are they? Yeah. Deployments. Yeah. Deployment, yeah. finishing his deployment and how he transitioned into, you know, just working a regular job, you know, getting back into the, being in the civilian world. Yeah. And not, yeah. I feel that th- that transition is pretty hard. Oh, you know, yeah. you go from being like this, like, well, and then the friends that you're around all the time yeah. to then not having friends. Like for, I know uh, we're going to cut short, but so he had these buddies that he was with for three years. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so when they put him in recruiter school and then put him in Idaho, I mean, he didn't know anybody here. He's from the South. He's from Mississippi. So he didn't have any family up here and you know, winter blues are a thing. Right. But yeah, that he said that transition was so hard because he didn't have his buddies mm-hmm. and he was by himself and he struggled with that yeah, because he I'm was sure always he used to like go, 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 go. And then now you're a recruiter and you're going to go to high schools and he's like, uh, can I go do something important? <laughs> like, <laughs> and you have to deal with uh, teenagers, teenagers, yes, <laughs> it'd be cool to have Tommy on, too. yeah, we'll definitely have to have him on, but he's okay, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> he's, he's, he's out of cut this. <laughs> <laughs> no, he knows, he knows. <laughs> All right, but again, thank you, and uh, you guys listening, thank you guys, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs> Prendan los motores que no vamos Aquí todos los días son de verano De lunes a lunes nunca paramos Ya está saliendo el sol, ven y préndete Esto es fácil, no me llames Si tú andas con Lucy Estamos en Miami, en un yate Un corito sano, no le pare Yo, 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 el pop atrás Cuello frío, pienso estar